The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. If you've ever heard a sermon or heard uh, that, God, that you're made in God's image and thought, well, sure, but not that part of me, or heard someone say, God loves you, and thought to yourself, surely not all of me, then this sermon is for you. Our Christian teachings, as you well know, are full of paradox. This paradox makes living this Christian life complicated. And our questions about God can be unsettling sometimes at best. Christ is part human and part God. We are promised everlasting life, how wonderful, but we must die in this life first. Whoever is first shall be last, and so forth. Our individual lives and collective lives and community are no exception to the discomfort and confusion of these paradoxes. In our gospel that we just heard, we hear about the good ones and the evil ones. We are given the rich imagery of wheat and weeds which can also be translated to false wheat in a field to help us see what God envisions for this world and God's community or kingdom to come. And I want to challenge us, instead of thinking about those evil ones and those good ones, or us good ones and us evil ones, Think about, consider that maybe within us is a little bit of good and a little bit of evil. And before you cast me out for using the word evil, this scary word of evil that, yes, Jesus did use and did not shy away from, let us define what evil is. Let us call it what it is. Evil is what hurts us and aims, but will never succeed, but aims to take us away from God. Evil is our selfishness, our desires to harm ourselves and others, our anger, our insecurities and fears, all of the things that surely feel like a seed that God did not plant, but we know are in us. Reflecting on this gospel took me back to my senior year of high school. I was a very serious student, and by that I mean I was obsessed with getting straight A's. I wanted a 4.0 GPA at least. If I took enough AP courses, I would get more than a 4.0. And I worked until wee hours in the morning perfecting papers and projects. 
I volunteered, I was involved in clubs and youth group and leadership whenever I could. I was an athlete and all of this was wonderful and would enable me to go to my first college choice, the University of the South, Sewanee in Tennessee. And I indeed get in, did get into Sewanee, but the offer came with absolutely no financial assistance. And so the choice for me was to finance a four-year private education on my own on student loans or go to a wonderful state school, Roll Tide, <laughs> where I could go on academic scholarship. Around this time, too, my first love, my boyfriend, walked away from our relationship. I was 17 and these events were crushing. There was something in me that thought that if I was good enough or smart enough or worked hard enough that these things would just work out. This is what I had been taught after all with the American dream. And I fused a lot of those ideals with what God desired of me. Success, hard work, serving, pleasing, and what happened was that these things quickly became illusions and the stronghold I had been clinging to crumbled like a wall of sand. My identity crumbled like a wall of sand. In retrospect, I can assure you that this was a mental breakdown. My life suddenly felt like it had been overtaken by weeds and I could not see any wheat in sight. I did not know yet that God calls us to wait, to let weeds and wheat grow together, to see just what will grow in our own lives. The priest and author Barbara Brown Taylor writes, turn us loose with a machete and there is no telling what we will chop down and what we will spare. Who knows what we will chop down and what we will spare? And surely some of you at times in your life have turned and looked and said, I don't know what the hell is good and what is bad and I'm just willing to cut it all down, right? And Jesus tells us something different. Jesus says, let those weeds grow with the wheat, even when you don't want them to. Because if we pull up those weeds too soon, we'll destroy the wheat that is too trying to grow. So our invitation, our first step is to notice the weeds, to realize what is there just like those servants did they said look look what's growing look what's growing too it's like the first step in aa to admit we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable in many 12-step programs the first step is to admit to accept and all of us to admit in our lives what is eating at us, what is in our life that is trying to take root for evil that surely wasn't planted for God. 
In my own story, I look back at this period and I could not be more thankful. I mean it. Thank God I didn't go around with a machete in my own field. Because at 17 years old, I landed in therapy and I learned skills that helped me understand depression and anxiety and how to become more resilient. How to have a different type of faith in God when things didn't go the right way. Not a fairy tale God, but a God who is with me when all around me are weeds. Yes, my college experience was incredible and I got a fine education. I'll say it again, roll tide. <laughs> but more than that, I learned through this experience how to transform some of my own inner demons, some of them of control, perfection, idealizing success in this life and countless more. I know I often wish that we had a God who came down from, a, from heaven with a machete and would cut out all the weeds right now. That God would exact the hardships out of the soil, all of the inequalities that are around us, the cancer that beloved friends have, the anxiety and fears that I still have. I wish we had a God who would come and pluck them out in the night. And I know some of you do too. But this is not what we are promised. Instead, you've heard me say this before and I will say it again. God does not cause the bad things in our lives, but God will make use out of them. God can and God will. Because we have a redeeming God. Our God is a God of the cross and a God of the resurrection. And the resurrection is not beautiful unless you have the power of the cross. And in the end, Jesus tells us that he will send his angels to come down and to collect all causes of sin and evildoers to burn them completely. All causes of evil and evildoers. Not the people, the causes. And I sure want those things to be gone, and I know you do too. And to these four babies about to be baptized, y'all listening? <laughs> because your little beloved selves need to know that you're made in God's image, perfectly made. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have weeds in your own life. And you're not going to be able to stop them. And family, as much as you want to, you know it. You're not going to be able to stop bad things happening to these beloveds. But that doesn't mean that these children are bad or a lost cause. It doesn't mean that they're ever going to do anything to stop God from loving them. Because God never stops loving any of us. What they need to know is what's found in Psalm 139. We didn't read it today, but it's prescribed for today. Where can I go then from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I make the grave my bed, you are there also. Where can I go then from your spirit? 
nowhere. God is always with us. So wherever these four go, God is with them. There is no weed that will overtake them. God will be leading them in the way of life that is everlasting. God will be their guide, their comfort, making use of all things in their life, continually reminding them that they are children of God. Children who shine like the sun because they belong to God now and always, just like all of you adults. You belong to God. Your promise is to shine like the sun. Weeds, wheat, you belong to God. Keep growing. Amen. Amen.